Young Academy Groningen presents Humans of Rug. My name is Amina Helmi and I'm full professor at the Captain Institute of Dynamics, Structure and Evolution of the Milky Way. Humans of the University of Groningen. I'm Lodi Nauta. I'm professor in history of philosophy at the Faculty of Philosophy here at this university and um, I was dean of my faculty till the 1st of April this year. Your hosts, Marcos Guimarães and Hanna van Loo. Hello. From the Young Academy. Find the podcast at humansofrug.nl or in all the common podcast players. Uh, thanks for agreeing uh, being here today with us. Thanks for the invitation. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. This podcast will be about successes and failure in academia. Usually we only hear about academic success stories like scientific breakthroughs. Uh, grants that were funded or academic prizes like the Spinoza Prize that you both have won. But we also would like to hear about the not-so-successful stories, since they are inevitably part of the academic life, but not so often discussed. Our first question would actually be like, how did you end up being a professor? So can you tell us a little bit about your career path? Should I start? <laughs> Ladies first. <laughs> um... Yes, so I think, um, so I, I always wanted to do astronomy, um, so it was fairly clear I would study astronomy, and then if you, uh, I think there are, in principle, the image that I had is that there wouldn't be many other options be, behind, beyond my own study uh, other than doing research, right? What else can you do with astronomy? It turns out that's not the case, uh, particularly now. Um But I thought I would become, uh, would be part of academia. So that was fairly clear from the beginning. Whether I would make it as a professor, that's a different story. Mm. Uh, but this was definitely something that I really liked. What attracted you in uh, astronomy? Um, yeah, a couple of things. I think it's just the beauty of the heavens um, and the ability to explain things that are very, very far Uh, which is the mathematics and physics. I thought that was amazing that you could understand how things work uh, without having to touch them or put them under a microscope or yeah, inspect them, pull them apart. Uh, yeah, I thought that was magic, actually. And you, Lodi? Well, actually, I, I started biology, studying biology in the, at the university here and then switched to philosophy, uh, but I... I did not have I didn't not have an idea of becoming an academic at that stage, but um, I had a very boring career, really. I mean, I studied here, I b did a PhD here, and then I became a postdoc, and and so on, and so on, till until <laughs> you reach the the final stage of becoming a professor. Um, but um, no, I, during my studies, I realized how great philosophy is, how how inspiring it is uh, to think about all kinds of things, and I. I enjoyed writing. I discovered that, in fact, while I was doing my studies. And, um, yeah, I then realized, I think, after one or two years that um, to, um, yeah, to actually become a, a, a PhD, to do a PhD, I think that was my, but without any idea of, you know, the further path. And how, how was this switch from biology to, uh, to philosophy? Because the, they're pretty different. <laughs> no, they are not so different. But I was, I, I'm still a, I am a, very, a keen bird watcher um, uh, already when I was at school. So I started doing biology. But I also had many different other interests like the classical languages and history mm. and, and so on. So it was always um, difficult for me to decide what to do. But I'm, I did not like biology in the first year because there's a lot of lab work Um, you know, oh, uh, how do you say, um, um, doing um, anatomical lessons on a dead <laughs> rat, for instance. Um, I did not like that so much. So, um, and the alternative was more the humaniora, so the humanities. Mm -hmm. And to do that, I first did um, what was called general letteren, algemene letteren. It was a, a study for which you had to do a proper dose in something else. So mm -hmm. I did philosophy, uh, but I like that so much that I stayed with philosophy. But actually, um, now I'm doing sort of thinking about, for instance, the concept of species, sort of. And um, mm -hmm. so biology and philosophy, um, you know, you I can combine the two. Cool. You yeah. can combine the two, yeah. And uh, what, uh, what do you think is your biggest academic success? Uh, well, first of all, I don't, I, I don't, 
I don't think in terms of success, but which is perhaps not very good for this pod- podcast. <laughs> but um, yeah, please explain uh, no, yourself. But, uh, yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Well, some years ago we had um, um, a meeting with um, uh, Spinoza Prize winners. I was organi- that was organized also by the Jach, I think, by the Young Academy Groningen. And I realized in preparation that, uh, so you had to reflect on your career, but... I never see my life in terms of a career, really. I mean, you do things you like, you you you, know, it's, um, you meet people, you write things, you read. Um, and then, of course, from time to time, you have a success in the sense that you get a, a grant or an article published. or um, And that's, you know, sort of confirmation that you're doing good work. Um, but in, success is more like... Yeah, of course, Spinoza Prize is a big success, sure, and uh, getting a Fiji is, is is a success. But these are more the outer, outward um, uh, indications of something which runs much deeper and is more, you know, things you really would like to do and, and or are doing. So, but uh, it, when I look back um, so far, then I think my big success is is a book I wrote. 10 years ago on, on a humanist and that was a, a very nice project for myself I you know I cannot c- explain that but mm-hmm. perhaps that's for later but I think that book was quite a yeah. quite a good one oh, it would be nice to, to <laughs> yeah, nice to hear what the why why that's the case well to put to be, to be very brief humanism in the renaissance is quite an important phase in the history of thinking about things so it was a new era so to speak um But many historians of philosophy uh, neglect that period for because they think it has nothing to do with philosophy, more with the rediscovery of classical languages and ancient history and, and so on. And I combined these two perspectives in 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 um, in an intellectual uh, portrait of this very important um, humanist who was a predecessor of our own Erasmus. Um, What was his name? Lorenzo Valla. And um, so he's quite a famous uh, figure in history, uh, and there was quite some literature on on this important humanist. Uh, but I think my book did something new um, to bring perspectives together on, and and thereby also explain that humanism in the Renaissance is not um, um, something we can neglect in the history of philosophy in order to understand the rise of early modern philosophy. We need to take it to account. Also, the literary studies of people like Erasmus and uh, this Lorenzo Valla. So, I, I think that book was quite a success in a way. And for you, Amina, what is uh, your success or what defines uh, success? Yeah, I, th- I think in probably in the same terms as Lodi that I don't think you know there's a big success or uh, there's recognition from the outside, like you're saying, the Spinoza is recognition from the outside. It's not a success in itself. It builds on all of the things you've done. And I think the little, I think the successes are the little ones of every day when you solved, sorted out a problem, when you solved the problem, when you found something that didn't work for a while and suddenly, you know, your code works, for example, <laughs> or you figure out how to solve an equation, at least in my case. Those are successes that you can, you know, that I that are closer to me, or that, that you can really enjoy. That this, and it is. I think at the end of the day, it's also the little things that keep you going, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't. I don't picture myself as going for the big goals, but it's that you that the path or the you know, it's the daily things that you do that you extract joy from, and that. Uh, Yeah, make you go, make you continue on on the path, and then you know you've built enough knowledge, or you've built enough, or you've made enough discoveries that you can then make a big step. For example, mm-hmm. that can also happen. Uh, so I see my career more like this um, than as you know a sum of success. I think I've been also very lucky to get uh, grants, uh, and you put a lot of effort in writing those. So they are pieces of helping you get to a place where yeah it's it, it's easier say to survive in the system and it's easier to make than discoveries I, th- i think the other the the other thing that's nice i think about uh my career is also the the that i also if you wish i also see it as a, a success is that there are people that have 
trained, been trained in my group, and then now they are, you know, professor. And I think that's amazing, actually. Yeah. That makes me happy, makes me proud. Whether it's a success, I don't know. I think it's more <laughs> a success of them than of me. Oh, it's a personal success, right? Uh, but it's for you. their success, yeah. but it makes me very proud. Yeah. 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 I think being able to educate uh, and uh, pass the torch forward, uh, I think it's a great thing to, you know, yeah. Uh, but you, you you touched upon uh, grants, and we actually have uh, a question related to that because uh, grant writing is uh, well some success, but a lot of uh, failure and a lot of trial and error, uh, and uh, some luck, a lot of luck involved, and uh, sometimes yeah uh, things fail. And uh, how how do you deal with that? Uh, yeah, so um, so I've I have to say I. I didn't have that many grants that didn't go through, um, but I timed them very, I, I don't write randomly grants and I, I, I try to time them and I try to avoid applying to too many grants at the same time, because I also don't like this idea of monopolizing funds. Mm -hmm. What do you mean with timing? Like um, well, for example, you know, you have a project, you're working on a project and you know when you will have approximately results that have some impact. And if you have those results that helps then in the evaluation of the grant or helps in, say, writing the next grant. And, and in astronomy, a lot is based on, um, on, say, new missions, new satellite missions, new telescopes, new data. And so you can time it such that you know that the data will be there. If you don't get the funding, then you can't use it, mm -hmm. right? You can't exploit it. And so that, that is the timing, the urgency that usually you have to justify in a proposal. So I think it, this, for me, the timing was uh, saying why I need this now, that I always did it in a, at the point in which it was... It, it, almost now or never <laughs> yeah. kind of thing yeah but then if you don't get it you just say well it yeah so it happened uh, it happened to me uh, a few times that i didn't get that grant but then other options developed and in some cases i looking of course at the time i didn't get the grant i was disappointed and sad and thinking oh i'm not good enough or this would you know this i will fail whatever <laughs> Very negative thoughts. But if I look back, I'm actually happy I didn't get the grants because it would have been, it would have meant that I, certain things that I could do, I could not have done. Mm. Yeah. So not getting a grant was, was good yes. when you yeah. looked back. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. Quite interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's, um, yeah, pro I mean, provided you get enough grants, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think not being granted everything you apply to doesn't necessarily mean that uh, you can't grow further. It mean it may mean you need to rethink how you do things, and you mean you may need to you know align your strategies better. But you may end up the next year with a much stronger proposal. Mm -hmm. For example, yeah. and and sometimes for these grants you want to have lots of students. Right. And but if you have them, then you don't have time to do research yourself. Yeah. So you could also decide, OK, I'm going to spend the time on doing research myself. And then that gives you another advantage for the next round. And you, Lodi? Well, I don't have that much experience with grants, I, I must say. So um, and, and certainly also not with failures. Um, so I, I applied for a VD, uh, which was, in fact, the first year that the Venus Impulse was running. That was the very first year. They didn't even distinguish at that time between a Veni and a Vidi. It was just, or and even a Vici, I think it was just one type of project. And, and the year after, um, I think that was then in 2000 or so, they distinguished between the three. So I got that one. And um, then afterwards, after some years, I applied for the Vici. I got that one. And that was, in fact, the uh, my only... Uh, attempts and and uh, and also because um so in in humanities it's um well now nowadays it's very you know um uh, normal to to apply for grants for young people but when i started it was not i mean it was just beginning really yeah. so it's um and then as dean of course i, I tried really to encourage people to do or, or you know to apply for all kinds of 
grants, but um, so it's completely normal now. It's, it's uh, as we know, it's very important to do so. But um, for myself, um, certainly also with this. So from 2013, I, I became dean, which also is not a period to apply for grants. Yeah. <laughs> you simply don't have time for that. And so um, my, my, I have limited experience yeah. uh, for myself. I knew. But what about, for example, if you submit a, a paper or a manuscript uh, somewhere and you get uh, reviewer reports and you know that uh, they, they, they really didn't get it uh, or paper bounces back? Yeah, it's, um, it's not a big deal for me. So um, I, usually I get, you know, uh, acceptance. So uh, I don't even there I don't have that much experience. Um, also because I've concentrated on writing books. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so this is, I think, different from science, where indeed, of course, you you know submit papers all the time, and you get from time to time refusals, of course. Um, but I know from people, and also for myself, that from t- that, you, that you do get the refusals. And um, I mean, it's I always try to um, um, say to people and to myself, this is just such a scholarly industry, so what the heck i mean now you fail next time you win or or you you get uh, um, uh, acceptance um so it's it's for me at least it's not a big deal at all it never has been a, never have been a, has been a big deal but uh, perhaps um you want to hear stories about crying all for the for, for a whole week not, and not then necessarily no. <laughs> no? And how do you cope with that yeah. personally and uh, uh to take but it sounds words. also that that sort of things have changed right over the years it feels like and you said well you know in the beginning there were not so many grants to apply yeah. for in yeah. the first place and now yeah. it's more i mean common to you also uh, sort of yeah that that's that's true and um i've been involved with you know, as a sort of reader, referee, uh, many grants of people in our faculty, of course, or colleagues uh, somewhere else. So I know that people, you know, don't get it from time to time. And it's very sad. And, um, well, sometimes you reflect on it or you talk to to people who don't get it. Um, How did you respond to that as a dean, for instance? Did you, were, well, were you involved? Or? Yeah, but always... Um, um, saying, well, look, this is, you had a very good proposal, we read it, we commented on it, and we all know this is just a um, tambule, or how do you say that in English? Um, uh, and, um, tombola, tombola yeah, you know? Bad luck. So, um, yeah. It's just bad luck. I mean, it's just, um, yeah, um, as, as we all know it is. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's easy in, in that way to accept that you don't get it, because, uh, well, unless you, you know, did not write a good, proposal but um so i always tell um or try to console people in that uh, yeah. by telling so and of course it's um it's it's uh in a way bad consolation for those you know involved they really want to have this veni for instance uh or vidi uh, and then of course it's uh yeah but do you think there's uh, an upside or uh is only a downside that uh, that the competition increased uh, over the years well i think I, I think I speak for many when I say that um, the quality has improved over the, the, the 30, 40, 30 years, 20 years perhaps. But now we have reached, you know, we, um, um, we passed the, the curve, so to speak. Uh, I, I think now we all see that the system is, um, is vastgeroest, how do you say that in English? It's, it's not sustainable. Stuck. Yeah, it's, it's stuck. I mean, there are too many applications. Uh, the, the, the steps you have to take in, in your academic career um, are dependent almost uh, on getting grants, um, certainly in the sciences, I, I guess, but also you know in the humanities, social sciences, and I think that's that's too, that's too bad. I mean, I, I really want to see um, that people are not so much dependent on on these grants, and that you get a better d- distribution of teaching and and research, and that you are and that you can do your research just in ordinary order in the time you you know as a UDA or UAD, so lecturer senior lecturer or professor or whatever, um, that you can do your research. What I find sort of interesting is that when we talk about success or when you talk about success and you refer to academic work, right? Like problem solving, uh, writing books, uh, bringing together intellectual backgrounds, Mm -hmm. etc. But when we talk about failures, it's more like, um, you know, the outside world that judges a paper or a grant as 
mm-hmm. not successful or so. Uh, so I, I wonder, like, if we think about failures in another way, like, what is it always? Yeah, what what are failures actually? If you think about an academic life, yeah. So I don't have to think in terms of failures. No, <laughs> you no. Don't just don't think. Okay, no. no, no. I think there are lessons you learn, and in fact, you know, I, also with the problem solving, you know, there's many times things don't work, right? And if you would actually label that as failure, then it would have such a high weight. I don't know how you make progress if. Because you fail most of the time, effectively, right? <laughs> so it would be, uh, yeah, would be very hard. So I think there are lessons to learn, right? And and while and if, uh, for example, I mean, I, I have received uh, negative referee reports, and okay, first reaction is the referee is just doing good, <laughs> <right? laughs> and then you have to question yourself. Right, so then the, there is some why, why yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so, what can you learn from the fact that the referee didn't get it? And what do you have to do such that the referee gets it? And there is a limit, right? Sometimes yeah. the referees are poor, but often uh, a referee report you can extract something that is useful to make your paper better. And yeah, so I, if you so you yeah. t- kind of turn it around to make yeah. it slightly more a bit more of a more positive experience. Yeah. Yeah. And in the end, they're uh, they're going to be the readership of the the papers, right? So Absolutely, then, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's an example of if you want to many people to understand what you've written, then this is important. Yeah, yeah. yeah and in general, I think the 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 vocabulary of failure and success is a bit misleading. Perhaps it's not. Uh, at least it doesn't. You know, for me. It's that important to um, to have success or to to so a failure. I mean, sounds very harsh, and um, so I w- I would never say to someone who uh, whose paper has not been accepted, oh, that's a failure. I mean, of course not. It's a challenge to do it better and to learn from feedback you get. Um, and um, um, I think it would be much better if we all you know don't use that word failure and try to uh, encourage people to to get the best out of of each. Um, that's much more important than um, than to say, oh, that's a failure. I mean, yeah. Oh, that's a that's a nice view on, uh, yeah. on it. So no, yeah, and and I think so. In, as, as I mean, also said, I mean, the the success also for other people is also part of your own success. I mean, that that really gives you a good feeling. Perhaps the older you get, the more, of course, you you are involved in in other people's projects or, or helping them and coaching them, and that that's really nice. And if you if you then see people sort of becoming happy in what they do, and you can help them in a little bit and steering in in a direction here or that, that's that's great. I mean, that's that's really part of of what I see as my success, so to speak. Uh, since you, you touch upon uh, yeah the, the helping other people and uh, right and uh, also as a as a dean and probably mm. you you had a lot of interaction with the especially the younger uh, generation and uh, what I see now is that a lot of uh, us uh, young assistant professors uh, a lot of them even though they manage to to get in, the, in this position they still suffer from imposter syndrome so they they think that the, they shouldn't be there they're not good enough. And uh, then getting a grant rejected or a paper rejected actually doesn't help that. And uh, the, were there cases that you actually managed to help uh, them? Or the, the were, were there many cases uh, of this? Not many cases, but recently I spoke to someone who said, well, I have really this imposter syndrome. I said, I, I have <laughs> sort of the same myself. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... Take for instance the Spinoza Prize. I mean that's the that's a huge prize really. And um, but I always felt like okay, I, I did good work, but I know so many other people who did really good work in my field. And they so when I got that and I had to give some speech, I, I really said, well, this is also for the other people I work with, or and that's not a just self uh, false modesty. It's really what I feel that um, um, uh, that that from time to time you think, ah, oh, well, why d- have I got all these uh, accolades, all these prizes. Um, that's, uh, 
So, but but uh, imposter syndrome. I know that people have that, and um, um, I always, you know, try to uh, convince them that it's ridiculous that this person have, has this imposter syndrome because he or she is really very good. Otherwise, she would not be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, of course, it, it it runs deep with people. So yeah. it's, um, it, of course, it's sort of help to to hear from a senior colleague uh, that they should not, you know, suffer from that. But I know it's um, some people yeah. really have that, and uh, I think it's it's uh, <laughs> perhaps it's it's better to have that than to think too highly of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and and you, Amina, did you have experience with uh, with that as well? Yes. Yeah, so, so in fact, uh, uh, last week I had to give a lecture for a prize that I received. Uh, this is for the European Astronomical Society. So this was uh, you know this was an assembly of about a thousand people. Mm-hmm. And I was receiving the prize and giving the lecture, and I felt horrible before <laughs> because I really, you know, this is really the, to me, it's really the imposter syndrome feeling. And because, um, right, you're getting the prize, so you better deliver a good lecture because otherwise <laughs> everybody would think this is a failure, mm-hmm. right? It's uh, and it runs deep and it's very hard to get over it, uh, you know. <laughs> how, how did you deal with this? Uh, <laughs> How did you how did you prepare yourself or deal with it? I mean, the only thing you can do is what you usually do, right? You've mm-hmm. given so many lectures, so you have to prepare a good lecture that you're happy with, and it took many hours of investing. In the, which, if I think, if you're not so un- insecure, then it, you do this faster, and you're less of a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And you just make sure you you kind of try to have all pos- control on all possible things that could go wrong. So so I, that's what I, I went over the top preparing for this lecture, for example. And I thought about it um, just before, and I thought, you know, this is a this is a bit ridiculous. Right? I'm spending so much time on a lecture like this just because I'm insecure. Mm-hmm. And so I've been thinking about whether there are ways or and, and I realize this is something that happens to many people. I think I see it in my own, the people that have gone through my group that I mentor one way or another, that they also feel this way. And so I thought maybe I should, you know, use some of the funding of the Spinoza to try to set up workshops or something so that we can treat this. Uh, we learn um, about ways of going about this feeling and um, also... Uh, speak about it more openly mm-hmm. I think yeah. that would also help uh, that it's okay to feel insecure that everybody has it and that um, and also a bit of a more um, a, a warmer maybe environment because we receive a lot of kind of this negative feedback in the sense of when you submit an article or your grant that is not mm-hmm. uh, going well then you get all of the negative, and I'm not sure we receive as much positive feedback, except yeah. at this point in time when you get a grant or you get a prize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, it's years after the actually the actual work, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. also. Yeah. So I think it would be nice if there were, if uh, say, I guess it's more in the hands of the more senior people to to provide a more, yeah, a warmer environment such that. Uh, the younger generations don't feel that you know this or that are not subject to this problem. You also try that in your own group. I do. Yes. Yeah? How, yeah. Do, how do you do that? Yeah, I guess it's the positive feedback in every meeting that you have. That you know you get excited about the result, and you might as well. So it's it's you have to train yourself to you know put it in words rather than just say oh this is great or you know I think it's important to say you've done really good work this is very nice Uh, you know look at all you've done so this is what I like this Areno Hespreke these interviews once a year because then you can look back and then you say look at all you've done Hmm. right and so it's a moment to pause and it it doesn't it shouldn't be just once a year but but it should be on a regular basis that we kind of stop yeah. and say you know you're doing you're doing good stuff and uh, should be proud and happy about it and do you think that the uh, gender plays uh, plays a role oh, there yeah. too <laughs> yes <laughs> i at least I, what i've seen in my group is that 
there were more women that uh, suffer from inse being insecure than men. And, and so. is that because uh, the 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 well the ratio in science, well in, a, in a, at least in astronomy and physics, I know that uh, the yeah. ratio is far from ideal. <laughs> yeah. So so I think in my group in my group that's not been the case. Uh, so on average, it's been fifty fifty. But I've noticed that it's uh, the the women are just more insecure, so need more of the continuous positive feedback than mm -hmm. male. But there's also the what I'm also wondering is whether this is um, I think some male students or postdocs or PhDs they have it as well. They are also insecure, but they're not they they're insecure about <laughs> discussing this openly. And so won't share it with you, won't show it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I've, yeah, I've learned to see that as well and how it manifests itself. It's a bit different. A woman will say, oh, I'm not sure this is good enough. Um, whereas a guy might show it in a slightly different way that you have to recognize as, as this being insecurity. Yeah. Do you recognize it, Dodi? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what you can do is... Um, so giving positive feedback is very important all the time uh, but also showing your own insecurity and that can also help so in this talk I had with a colleague who said well I'm suffering from um, this imposter syndrome I said well I have the same and and that sounds strange I know so I have to explain it because if you have a Spinoza and a Vici and so how how then it's it's almost false modesty if you say, oh, I have it too. But uh, no, um, the fact that um, we get so many very good young colleagues, and I'm part of, partly responsible for that, you know, you know, appointing very, uh, that also um, um, gives me sometimes insecurity. I think, wow, the, the, these young people, how great they are sometimes, you know, in what they can do. And uh, I'm not good at this or not good at that. I can tell myself sometimes. So, um uh, so showing this insecurity yourself, I mean, not not exaggerating it, of course, but just be transparent, be open about it. That's, uh, I think, very important. And I had sort of privilege as dean to uh, to help um, um, foster this open atmosphere, this positive atmosphere that people can talk about it, that it's not about competition, that you can share feelings with, with each other about these things. And um, I think, well, we are, in, as you know, in a small... A faculty of philosophy and uh, it has a very good atmosphere and a very good um, open um, yeah open sphere um, atmosphere in which people can talk about these things i hope and yeah. um, and i've contributed to that i hope um, as as dean by you know um, from time to time um, speeches or or one-to-one what I noticed when I, I studied medicine and philosophy and what I noticed as a big difference was the way in uh, which people ask questions to each other about each other's work. So in mm -hmm. philosophy, there were much more critical questions. Actually, it was expected also from students to ask um, critical questions about professor's work. And actually, my own master thesis was a sort of a criticism to uh, my master thesis advisor, Martin van Hees, uh, who actually encouraged me to... Uh, go along with that and actually publish it, publish it also at some point. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for me, the, still the atmosphere was very safe and stimulating. Uh, it's it felt like we make each other better. Mm -hmm. So so I think what you say, like if you can sort of uh, see reviewers' comments as as okay, well maybe I can learn something from it. And it's it feels different than if you feel it as a personal attack or I'm doing that work or something like that yeah so i think things are changing too i mean with young people they are i think on the whole at least that's my experience um, more polite and and more open-minded about every about many things than perhaps in the past so um i sometimes all these negative things you read about the universities and about academia in general um I, I, of course um there is certainly some truth behind that but often i don't recognize it myself so much because i have generally speaking very good experience on, on conferences and and you know in our faculty but also elsewhere um where there is really open genuine genuine discussion uh where people are interested in the arguments and, and not so much attacking each other um or or you know yeah yeah maybe your fields are also sort of open to that because i i would say people that 
why do you, do you study philosophy mm. because of of real genuine interest and maybe yeah. the same for astronomy but not because you want to have a big career or you know well, maybe that's and just yeah, but I, I think in if you do research it's just so close to you to who you you come mm. so close to yourself right so you just you, your struggles your limitations you have to face them right and so I think that's why there's also this thing of uh, that one feels if with a rejection of a paper that one feels it's so personal. Mm. Um, and also because you spend so much time and effort, right, on uh, on that. It yeah, it's, yeah, it is hard work, and it's just so close to who you are in the in the core. So that's I think that is also why, in some cases, at least I do see this in astronomy that. You know, you want to run with your idea. You see people that are really pushing for their own idea. And I, it's just a reflection, in my opinion, of because you put so much into it. You put yourself into that project or into that idea that you really want to go for it. And, and you're prepared to face whoever is out there that challenges mm -hmm. you. And that can lead up to heated discussions. Yeah. And, and it's hard. And I, I, there is indeed a transition, I think, in the way science, at least, or research is being done. Uh, I think indeed that the younger generations are much more friendly. And maybe it's because uh, the field, the fields in general have grown so much. It's not just about a few individuals that are leading everything. And so then your own name becomes so big, but it's about different people contributing to mm -hmm. say knowledge in general. And do you, th do you think that this, uh, this change, I mean, uh, you've been in science for, for some time now, do you think it's, uh, it's, uh, it was a gradual change and is, is going to keep going? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I think there is a, and is that, is that a good thing? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think, uh, in fact, there's, much less tolerance for, you know, very big egos mm -hmm. and people dominating meetings, for example, or yeah, conferences, you can, this happens. Yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, it's not what you want, really. No. These people are not necessarily the ones that have the best ideas. So you don't want to be a field driven just or a discussion just driven by people that just have big egos and not mm -hmm. necessarily the best ideas. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's also very nice for science uh, to be able to correct itself, right? It's, yes. Uh, it, uh, it taking the po politics out of the way and uh, really focusing on what, what is important. On the facts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you also see it in, um, for instance, um, um, in NVO, um, where you, when you apply now for a research grant, um, you, you are not expected to give all these numbers like age index and impact and numbers and so on. Uh, you mm -hmm. have to cut that down. Um, well, you can discuss whether that's, you know, in, in all respects a good policy. But in general, I think the direction is very good to yeah. just to, to focus not so much on all these uh, indicators. Indicators, and, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Utrecht, uh, the University of Utrecht recently removed it also from the hiring uh, part. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it seems to be that it, it is a trend. That, it, uh, it is a trend, yeah. yeah. Whether that's good, I don't know about science, yeah. but uh, because I know there also, um, you can also exaggerate that, right? I mean, yeah. I also hear people who have really good, you know, a good CFA and a CV and they... They are they are not allowed to upload it anymore, uh, mm -hmm. and then the committee is not going to see it, and yeah. they, they regret that. So anyway, well, this is sort of side issue, but I, I just brought it up as a sort of that things are changing in the general picture of how science is being organized. Mm -hmm. Do you share what Amina was just saying about um, being in it as a person, right? If you do your research and it's very much uh, well connected to you as as a person. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. I research is autobiography <laughs> for me. <laughs> is it true? No, well, uh, I mean, you just told us about Valla, and uh, how, to what extent is that then? Uh, well, my, I just published a book which is called uh, "Philosophy and the Language of the People," and then it has a subtitle uh, about the historical period I'm studying. But um, so generally, I, I don't like jargon. Um, um, so this philosophy and the language of the people, and so it's about critique of too technical language and um, in the history of philosophy. Um, and that, that really is sort of um, 
well, it has something to do with myself, how I see things. And uh, so what I sometimes try to um, look for is uh, things I, I really like or admire in, in history or philosophy and, and, and take these thinkers and, and, and um, uh, yeah, study them because I like these ideas because I think they are important. And that's tricky, of course, because you get easily, uh, you can become easily uh, anachronistic and, and foist ideas of your own onto these people in the past. But I hope I'm smart enough not to do that. But um, um, no, the research, certainly philosophy, of course, it's it's all about ideas, and you have a good idea, and uh, that 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 is something uh, of yourself. Yeah, yeah. But of course, it's also. Um, um, Yes, you also have to give it up if it is not a good idea in, in just by talking to people discussing. That's the nice thing about it. Do you it. think that sometimes uh, leads to a sort of attention? Because, I mean, you were so much yeah, yeah. involved <coughs> or attached. Yeah, yeah, that, that can be intention, but, um, but that's, um, that's, nice. That, that's nice about it. You have to learn. Yeah, yeah I guess it's about uh, learning, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You have to get over your own, you know, that you may not be right and then move on. But here, age is also important. I think the older you get, the easier it is to um, um, uh, to give up um, perhaps some, you know, some... So why is that, do you think? <laughs> well, I mean, so uh, put very simplistically, if you if you, if you got certain things you know like good grants and prizes uh, so it's so it's not about career uh, it's not about cv so it's you can really focus on what you are f- think is important and then um and um you don't need to show anything i mean i think that's the you don't have to mm-hmm. prove yourself you don't have, exactly yeah. you don't have to prove yourself yeah. and that's in ge- in general that's a good advice to to, all, to everyone to, to everyone yeah. um uh but so not to get these big egos. Uh, I mean, I was talking about on conferences. Um, that gives a good, um, at, yeah, atmosphere. And do you recognize that too, Amina? Yeah, I mean, I don't know about the proving yourself. I think uh, <laughs> this may be related to the imposters. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, I think some of uh, what we do is, uh, I don't know. There is there is a, there is like a balance between the things you do that you find are interesting and the things you do that might have an impact, right? And so you make certain choices in what will I work on today or tomorrow or next week. And some of those choices are based on what you think might have impact. Mm-hmm. I, I can see that as a kind of maybe more mature researcher you you can see that all of the thing of all of the ideas that you have some might be good some might be not so good and some might have impact and so mm-hmm. um yeah i guess that's also important at some point to realize this throughout your career when i was about to finish my phd as somebody said to me Spend some time thinking before you embark in a project, spend some time thinking about of all the ideas that you have, which one will be most interesting or will lead to a biggest, I guess, uh, increase in knowledge or understanding. Mm. Or So sometimes, you know, you can have, if you do uh, develop models, maybe you can change one parameter and then you have a, a new model, but changing just one parameter, it doesn't really lead to many yeah. new insights. So I think also for younger generations, it's important to, to st- stop at points to think about, you know, how could I, or what could I do that would make a little bit more difference? And it doesn't have to be a, a very big, so that's also a bit scary if you say, you know, I want to do something that has a high impact and then you don't know what, you know, I, you don't know what that could be, right? And so, some so in the choices of what you do next, I think it's important to say uh, do things that are slightly more different than the previous, the things you've done before. Mm-hmm. That yeah. that has yeah. helped me at least. It's a good advice. <laughs> 
Yes, and also impact. You can make impact with your research and ideas, but uh, well, the biggest impact we have is, uh, is to, by teaching and by talking to people and and uh, coaching and 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 so on and so on. So um, that's um, yeah, that that's that's yeah. also important. Do think. you also see yourself then as a sort of a role model? Like this is what kind of people um, I want to train people in this in this way that I. No, not as a role model, not not with a no, but giving people you know uh, confidence in what they do and uh, encourage them and and yeah, um, make them feel happy you know, what they do. Yeah, that's that's sounds perhaps a bit strange, but or strange, but, or, or, but that's very central that's, for me. That's uh, quite uh, quite important. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. What I see, what I um. So I think as a woman, it does. I do see a little bit. Or I've been told that I, I am some <laughs> kind of role model, um, but I think it's it's not just being a say female researcher, but I'm also a mom, and I'm a, a, a single parent, and so I know of the struggles of you know having small children and combining with a career, and so I think it helps to see that it's to see somebody that has made it right mm -hmm. that it's possible to do this yeah yeah uh, yeah and it's not because i'm you know super bright but it's <laughs> you know really hard work and struggles and things that don't work and uh, but nonetheless it is possible mm. so uh, having example maybe it's just yeah, having, having examples, examples. Yeah, i think we good. i mean yeah. in the end Rather we all serve as examples i guess yeah. for each other for younger generations or Yeah. yeah, perhaps not a role mod model, but you realize that if you uh, if you approach things in certain manners and and um, um, that people can see, oh, okay, so you don't need to you know to be over ambitious or to be over competitive or, or competitive perhaps uh, at all, um, and and do things in a in a more collaborative and and, and warmer way, and if you can you know show that yourself that that is possible and that you can still be a you know a good scholar that's um yeah, no, yeah I, think I guess that it says more than more than yeah. all the words that you can yeah. talk about yeah yeah, right? yeah 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 i think we could do one uh, last question uh so we're touching upon like role models so we, what, when do you uh say okay this person uh had a successful academic career so this person is uh could serve as a role model uh for the academics uh, following the path or is there such a thing well i, I think just to repeat um, that such a person um, has shown um, that he or she um, is is um, um, is of course doing good research certainly and and teaching uh, you know uh, also in, um, uh, is a good teacher but also um Um, knowing how important it is um, that the environment around this person is also enjoying uh, itself or enjoying itself i mean is is doing good work uh, yeah. together so um, the emphasis should be on 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 collaboration or at, or helping each other um, and and um, yeah not just on on your own Yeah. Project so also or being a good colleague, uh, being got, yes, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's that's, that's simple as that. Seems to be, be becoming more and more difficult uh, nowadays, also because of the system, at least in the in the science and engineering uh, part, right? That uh, we all compete for the same same positions, we all compete for the same grants. So it's always I I see what you mean. It it becomes increasingly difficult to uh, yeah, but one okay, but. but But once you have that position and you are a member of a group, then you can, as a group, you know, do um, form a good group and and, yeah. and have a um, uh, sort of open atmosphere, open culture, um, and then you can contribute to that. Yeah. Um, but of course, if you don't, so like, if you are a postdoc and you you don't have a permanent position yet, then of course it's it's difficult to see the. Perhaps these as aspects where we, that we are talking about. And you, I mean, uh, do do you see uh, an example of a successful academic career, or any uh, a person uh, that uh, could serve, like, or you th also think that's? Uh, 
Yeah, so I think in terms of, I think I would like to change the word of role, word of role model to examples. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if I look kind of upwards, so people that are more senior than me, so they have, so that from different people, I have taken different things. So there are things I like and things I don't like for many different people. And so you take these elements and then you say, okay, this is how I would like to be yeah, or how yeah. I would like to shape my career. Um, so I think that's important that you have that variety and it also allows you to see that there isn't just one way of doing things and that there are many different ways of, you know, of do, having a career in science or in, in general in, in research. Uh, so for me, that was that's very important. And then that made me realize that also people have different talents. And so you also want to see, so when you say somebody is successful, it can be successful in so many different ways. Um, So I think as long as you're able to kind of, if if that talent that you have is developed and it shows uh, and, and, you know, it gets you somewhere, then you can say, yeah, well, I've been successful in that context and I see also you know I see role models also in the junior more junior people also in my group or nearby that I admire and that I you know I can take things from them as well yeah Mm -hmm. I have that too yeah yeah Yeah, you can all learn from each other if you're open for it right yeah 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 great well we're Great. Yeah. Last words. Thank you very much for sharing your uh, experiences and uh, reflections on yeah. working in uh, academia. Yeah, so it was a very inspiring conversation. Thank you very much. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for the invitation. Thank you. Again. Thank you, Lodi Nauta. And uh, thank you, Amina Helmi. And thank you for listening to this episode of Humans of Rug by the Young Academy Groningen. Be sure to tune in to the next and please subscribe for free on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, for example. All the best from Hanna van Loo. Bye. And Marcos Guimarães. Bye.